Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about best practices, risk factors, and rising trends in international trade compliance. I'm your host, Bill Cawthon, and this is The Ethicast. Twenty twenty three has not been a quiet year as far as trade compliance goes. Perhaps some of the most challenging issues have been the shifting of supply chains away from China and screening against potential forced labor issues. With us today to discuss these matters and more is Dan Wilson, a partner with Hush Blackwell based in Washington, DC. Dan represents clients in a variety of complex international trade matters, including anti-dumping and countervailing duty proceedings and high-stakes enforcement matters before U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks very much, Bill. Glad to be here. 2023 has been a big year for trade compliance. As we look to 2024, what trends from this year do you expect will continue to demand our attention and what new trends should we be watching for? Well, Bill, I think one thing we're going to see at a continuation of is increased enforcement action on uh, imports from uh, countries other than China that have a connection to China. As parties start to ship their supply chains away from China and to other countries um, through friendshoring um, with, with countries that have a closer relationship right now with the United States, they're going to find that uh, China seems to follow them in some ways. Um, there's Chinese investment in a number of these countries, and, and uh, there are implications where Chinese uh, inputs go into goods that are exported from other countries. So I think we've seen a lot of that in 2023, and I think we're going to see a continued trend upwards of that kind of enforcement activity uh, going into 2024. Now, if we could drill down on the China issue for just a little bit, I know that we've talked about how supply chains are shifting away, uh, but it's not as easy as all that. And there's a lot of nuance and a lot of challenge involved there. Can you talk a little bit more about some of the more sophisticated aspects of shifting supply chains away from China and the ongoing trade compliance issues that are attached to that? Sure. So the U.S. government looks at this in a very nuanced and sophisticated way. It's not just where a good is being shipped from, where it's manufactured. It's how it's made. It's who's involved in the uh, investment in, in the country where it's exported. It's the inputs that are going into it. And I think you'll see that um, as far as supply chain tracing is concerned, one issue is whether or not companies can actually drill down to the raw materials that are being used and what connections that has, has with China, whether the goods are, are being produced in a way that, that actually makes them a country of origin of that other country, for example, Vietnam or Thailand or other countries mm -hmm. in Southeast Asia, or whether they remain Chinese. Uh, but in, even in the forced labor context, what you're dealing with is a statute that sees no de minimis exception. So any little bit of, of material that is produced by, um, you know, uh, the, or has a connection to the Xinjiang region would be considered um, not admissible under U.S. law. So I think, you know, you really have to, to understand what you're getting into when you're sourcing from these uh, alternative countries and what connection uh, China has or the Chinese companies have uh, in, in that space. And I think that that's a very sort of import specific issue. Um, and it's, a, it's very, very sort of sector specific as well. So companies are best advised to, to pay close attention to this as they're shifting supply chains. Oh, you've been in this space for a while. Your experience here is is very broad and deep. So I'd be very curious to know from your perspective, what does a good trade compliance program really look like? Well, there's no one size fits all approach. I think it, you really have to identify the issues. You have to understand the policy behind the issues that your company is facing. I think each individual company that, that, that imports has to understand that it's not just about 
making sure that you properly classify or value your goods, but it's also what does the U.S. government think it from a policy perspective about you importing the particular products that you have? And how do you frame your compliance with current laws um, based on that policy perspective? And I think it really just depends on the, the kinds of goods that you're importing. Um, and, and, and I think really keying into what the government is the U.S. government is is trying to approach approach those those goods with uh, from a policy perspective is very important. Could you expand on the relationship between ethics and trade compliance? Uh, for example, how could the trade compliance side of an organization tap into the expertise of the ethics function and vice versa? And how soon should ethics leaders be included into these conversations? It's it's a very good question and it's a very important question because I think there's a certain point. This is a very complex area of the law. Ethics is very important because it helps to understand the why. And I think the, the, the sooner you get the ethics function involved, the more you realize that the further you get into the gray areas, for example, does this have a connection to China? Can we know for sure? Um, you'll know whether or not to make the business decision to actually you know, make the investment um, for a particular issue. So it's not just about you know, understanding risk from a potential enforcement perspective, but understanding why it, it might be more advisable to walk away from an opportunity if you can't drill down for certain whether or not there's a connection to a risky activity. How can artificial intelligence automate, innovate, and elevate the work of compliance leaders or empower them to think about trade compliance in a new way? Even though we're in the very early days of AI in this space, it, we can already tell that it's going to become essential. Um, just with the level of supply chain tracing that the government is going to require going forward um, to know where your inputs to your inputs are coming from, you know what they call the tier two and tier three supply chain issues. And AI is a powerful, powerful tool uh, to, to to start that process to really drill down. And and you know we've seen some really you know, innovative tools in this space that that help people understand exactly where things come from because otherwise you're going to have to do this manually. And and to be able to really the more complex your goods are. To be able to really drill down, I think it, it's it's become invaluable, um, particularly if you're not a larger, more sophisticated company that has, you know, full visibility. Um, it, it helps. It's helps start the conversation with your suppliers. When you talk about organizations making use of AI, making use right. of certain tools to really, you know, enhance their functions here, what are some of the aspects, or what are some of the attributes of those tools that you would recommend people, you know, pay attention to? Because we speak about AI in very, very broad terms, and I think a lot of people want to harness the strength of this technology category, but they don't know where to start and they don't know what to look for. So do you have any suggestions there? Finding a tool that helps you um, understand what the machine learning will help you do. Uh, basically gathering trade intelligence on suppliers, doing your due diligence manually or through an audit or through engaging with your, your suppliers can be very difficult. But what very good AI tools can do is help you with that by aggregating worldwide customs data, shipping manifest data, obscure website in, in, in foreign languages. And, and it uses machine learning to be able to aggregate all of this, make judgments about credibility and consistency, and trace an input that goes into a good in country A, for example, that goes through minor processing in country B, and then goes to final processing in country C before it even gets to your supplier in country D. Right. And, and it can draw it can draw that link, you know, if you use the proper tools and you know how to use them to help you understand, for example, in the forced labor context, whether or not there's a minor input that could cause trouble if, you know, the U.S. government, which happens to be using some of these very powerful tools, 
can draw that connection too. So I think, you know, it's just understanding what your business is, understanding the tools that are available to you and the kind of learning that you could program them to use. So I think it's, it's, it's multifaceted. And I think really it's also com company specific. Um, so you really have to be sort of up, up on this and you have to do your research and you have to do some due diligence on the, the, the tools that are available. Dan, I want to thank you very much for joining us today and for sharing your insights with us. I know these are complicated topics and very much appreciate you uh, spending your time with us today. Thanks very much. To dive into a wealth of articles, podcasts, videos, and more, please visit hushblackwell.com slash thought dash leadership. And while you're there, be sure to visit hushblackwell.com slash subscribe to stay informed of the latest legal news, alerts, and business trends. And to learn more about supply chain risks and best practices, please visit the Ethisphere Resource Center, as well as the newly redesigned website of Ethisphere Magazine, both at ethisphere.com. I'm Bill Coffin, and this has been The Ethicast. For more episodes, please visit the Ethisphere YouTube channel at youtube.com slash ethisphere. And if this is your first time enjoying the show, please make sure to like and subscribe either on YouTube or on any of our podcasting platforms at Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon Music. Thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, remember, strong ethics is good business.